are listening to www.infinitesmile.org. Enjoy these uninspired talks given by Michael McAllister, followed up by questions and answer exchanges with groups of his students. Martin Buber says that all real living is meeting. Implicitly then, without meeting, there is no real living, if we take his words on faith. But I think this is deeply Buddhist in its orientation. I think it makes a great deal of sense, since there is no living, there is no expression of spirit, unless it meets something else that is also an expression of spirit in the world of form. In emptiness, there is emptiness. But in the world of form, it is emptiness manifesting itself so that it can be met. So that interdependence can unfold so that birth and death can happen, so that flow can be there. It's all an expression of spirit in the world of form. It's all an expression of emptiness in the world of form. This is real living when it becomes conscious, when we consciously apprehend spirit when we consciously apprehend spirit as we're brushing our teeth, as we're flossing our teeth, as we're going to the dentist and we have high-speed drills in our mouth, meeting it, meeting the experience, whatever it is, meeting the experience with an open heart and an open mind, allows us then to change the world. So our practice, our practice is then one of stillness. Our practice is one of wisdom. And our practice is one of compassion. All those things mutually and interdependently supporting one another when we recognize that we are emptiness, as I mentioned uh, last week, when we recognize that we are emptiness itself, this is wisdom. When we recognize that we are form itself, this is compassion. And where these two things meet, That's real living. We recognize that we are simultaneously everything and nothing. And where those two truths intersect, we have this life that, since it is meeting, is real living. 
So what gets in our way is actually something that's very, very, very simple. And that is that we don't have an authentic, open relationship with thought and we don't have an authentic, open relationship to time. That's it. We cling in those two capacities. Okay? Relationship to thought. We can break thought down into two things. It's cognition. In other words, it's thinking. And it's also feeling. Both of these come through as thoughts. Okay? Feeling is a sensory experience that we give all sorts of historical labels to. You know, we have a little checklist that we go through, sometimes at light speed, but nonetheless, this happens so quickly that a feeling itself is actually thought. Ideas are also thought. We grab onto these things. We grab onto feelings. I want more of that feeling. Or we grab onto it another way by saying, I want, of course, less of that uncomfortable feeling. I will resist that and I will go after that. That push and pull, that flopping back and forth is the way ego operates. The other way that we get, the the other relationship that gets in the way of conscious manifestation of spirit in our day-to-day is our relationship, of course, to time. We spend our thinking in one of two directions. It is either future or it is past. That's it. Thought can only occur in those two spaces. Feeling, when it occurs in those two spaces, can show up very easily very easily as judgment. Okay? We can go all over the map here laterally with our relationship to time and forward and back with our relationship to thought and feeling. Past, future, thought, feeling, whatever. And so we live being just whipped around by desire and resistance. The minute we are put on that little center point, has very little foot room, very little space to balance, we're always trying to react to what is happening to us externally. That's our, that's our problem, if you want to call it that. I'd actually say it's not a problem. It's a circumstance that we label as a problem. But for the sake of what we're discussing here, if you want to call it a problem, fine. Let's just say that our typical circumstance is one where we are blown around by life and we're busy reacting to it from a position that is totally contracted and totally threatened. The way out of this is to meet those wins. Meet those wins fully. If they blow you off center, allow it. Meet them. You will find 
that when you meet them with your full awareness, you consciously allow, without resisting, for stuff to happen. Suddenly things change. This doesn't mean that you don't respond appropriately to your day-to-day. It doesn't mean if something is going to happen that may harm you or somebody else, that you shouldn't engage fully with your full awareness to, you know, stop it. How you stop it becomes the practice. Do you stop it from a place of attachment or do you stop it from a place of total openness and love? This is the work, and it's difficult. Because what we're trying to do, most of us, is really understand it. We're trying to, uh, we're trying to get um, more than just a sense of what I and others talk about, when in essence, getting just a sense of it is all you need to start breaking down the barriers. You don't need to get any of this. You don't need to want any of this as something that's outside of you. In fact, if you do, go for it. Keep going until you get exhausted. Because what you will invariably uncover is that it has never been anywhere that your steps haven't already taken you and that they aren't currently taking you. The minute we open into this place where we can actually allow the mind to do what it does and not grasp onto what's happening, we recognize that the mind is actually within our awareness. The minute we do the same thing with the body, we watch the body, we watch the feelings of the body, we just watch them allow them and watch them, we recognize that those sensations, those judgments, those feelings, those deep thoughts, which is another way of looking at feelings, are happening within our awareness. We start looking at time. Time itself. We can observe the passage of time. The passage of time is going along within our awareness. In other words, all of this is within our awareness. Nothing is outside of that. This orientation, trying to expand into this hyper-natural state, is what meditation, a stillness practice, brings us. That is the wisdom. We start recognizing it's all meeting. That's all this is. This meeting brings us to aloneness, all oneness, deep unity, deep singularity. We also recognize from that deep singularity that everything is happening within that deep singularity. If we are the deep singularity, we are also everything happening within it. We are all of those things. We are everything. 
And we are the oneness, the emptiness, the nothingness at the same time. And our life happens as we start to coalesce and weave those together consciously through a stillness practice. So, let go to that. And let go of that. And then let go of the letting go. Listen. Listen very carefully. Listen very carefully to what people are saying. To what, the, what nature is saying. To what your own heart is saying. To what your body is saying. Listen. 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 Allow this listening to inform everything that you do. Allow this listening to uncover the stuff you need to start paying attention to. If you're running away, stop. Stop running away. Pay attention to the stuff that is coming up. Stillness practice is lifting the rug and cleaning out what's underneath it. It doesn't mean you have to get caught by it, but you do have to face it. You have to face your life, and we can do this by listening. And this then, this listening, is the way we meet our life. This meeting of our life is real living. This meeting of our life occurs where nothingness and everythingness meet. This meeting is all there ever is. And it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Even when it's awful, it's beautiful. There is something there that is divine. There is some offering in everything, as long as we're there to meet it. I have a question about the stillness mm-hmm. in meditating. I'd always heard that you're supposed to stop your mind from thinking that that's the ideal way to meditate but when you give us a question like what am I Mm -hmm. I found myself thinking 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 probably throwing a little judging in there Mm -hmm. (laughs) right so what is the purpose of that what I was trying to do is get your mind to trip over itself it did (laughs) Well, then there's some degree of success. <laughs> Did you come up with an answer? Well, I was What thinking, are you? Well, I am. I thought I am compassionate and I'm patient. And then after all these descriptions, I started thinking, I just am what I am. I just am. That sounds pretty Old Testament to me. Yeah, I am that I am. Pretty I good. Yeah. Just you I thought, whatever I am, that's just what I am. Right. And then I started thinking, 
about other people that they are just what they are. I'm thinking of specific people that, you know, it's okay that they're that way. And yeah. So I think it, it, it did serve a purpose, but I was, my mind was going. Yeah. And I was thinking at the beginning, what am I, that I was at least keeping my thoughts on me. Mm-hmm. And maybe that was the purpose of it. Yeah, I don't really know what the purpose was. It just <laughs> felt like the right thing to do. <laughs> well, <laughs> so was there wasn't any curricular magic that was I was going for, but I, uh, you, you really answered your own question. Why did I do that? I did it so that you recognize that there is only amness. Mm-hmm. I amness. The minute you say I am and then follow it with something, that is precisely not you. That was my brain. Yeah. Putting a label on. Yeah. That is your brain putting a label mm-hmm. on some concept. Mm-hmm. You are beyond that concept. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now we speak in this forum mm-hmm. in conceptual terms. Um, I do my best to make sure that I hit past that or get you to go past that or point to that so that that which is always known this expansiveness this unbounded empty reality of being Mm -hmm. which is the verb you used I am the verb Mm -hmm. to be Mm -hmm. that's what we are and it is equal to every other being Mm -hmm. it holds every other being in its tender embrace beings is beings Mm -hmm. And what you recognize there is, as Suzuki Roshi used to say, you recognize things as it is. Mm-hmm. Things, it's plural, as it, accepted. singular, is. It's, it's all one. Mm-hmm. It's also many. One, many. Mm-hmm. All at once. <laughs> <laughs>